This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin, a wicked storm just in time for the holidays. Hamilton's mayor joins us to look back at the biggest stories of 2022. Will Bo Levi Mitchell be a Ticat next season? I speak with Santa Claus and read some funny letters the children send to the jolly old elf. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Old man winter. Oh, he's, he's cranky. He's in a nasty mood heading into the holidays, and we're feeling it today, and we'll feel it again tomorrow as well. Anthony Farnell is chief meteorologist at Global News and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Anthony, good morning. Good morning to you. What the heck's happening out there? <laughs> well, uh, just within the last few minutes, the cold front, the Arctic front that we've been talking about for days, just moved through Hamilton and uh, rain has switched over to snow. We're starting to see uh, conditions ice up in some areas. And that is just the beginning already as we look off to the west. Uh, London has been in it for a couple of hours. Windsor started the day at plus four. Now it's a minus 24 wind chill with 80 kilometer per hour wind. So that is what we have to look forward to as we progress through the day. Oh, that is horrible news. Uh, the winds are presenting, well, will present a few issues because they're going to gust up to 110 kilometers per hour, we're expecting. Uh, at least that's according to Environment Canada. Uh, how damaging are these winds with these other weather conditions involved? Yeah, it's definitely the biggest concern and has been throughout the week. And I keep trying to, to advise people that, OK, the snow is one thing, but this is not this is not the biggest snowstorm you're going to see. Not by a long shot. I think Hamilton, five to ten centimeters. That is it. Uh, but it's going to be blowing around. We are expecting lake effect, obviously, and those winds later today. Yeah, I'm thinking about 110 kilometers per hour, but not just one gust or two like we would see sometimes with these massive storms but this is going to go on and on 90 plus kilometer per hour winds right through the first part of the day tomorrow so uh it is a long duration event and if you lose power and that wind chill and the temperature keeps dropping that's that's really my concern as as we see those numbers go up we're speaking with anthony farnell chief meteorologist for global news as old man winter has brought uh, winter with a bang here today to the hamilton and really across the province uh, the flash freezing um, scenario. We were at, you know, plus three when we got into work earlier this morning. It's now just hit seconds ago, minus one. Uh, this is definitely a concern as well. Yeah, that's right. And it's not going to stop at minus one. That would be one thing. But the fact that it's going to drop to minus six within two hours and then minus nine or 10 within four hours, that, uh, that causes problems. All those puddles, all the rain that fell overnight, freezes up pretty quick you add some fresh snow to that and of course there are less cars on the roads but that also means people will be driving quicker so accidents i think are, are going to be a problem throughout the day today and and really the weekend because the cold lingers the winds do as well 
and there'll still be some squalls around, although Hamilton, because of the positioning with the downsloping wind off the escarpment, I think we'll see less snow than if you were on the other side, closer to Lake Huron. Obviously, the main focus is today, tomorrow. What is the outlook to Christmas Day? Because as we know, some people are going to be traveling that day as well. Yeah, well, a white Christmas. So that's that's the good news out of all of this. Old man winter, thank you for that. But uh, it may come in drifts and there'll be pockets where there's not a lot of snow at all. But uh, those snow squalls will will continue. And there are areas of the province that are under blizzard warnings, which we don't often see. Uh, Southern Niagara, Prince Edward County, Kingston, up towards uh, Stratford, and then all the way north to Tobermory. So these are, are no-go zones basically on Saturday, where I think by later today, even, we're going to see highways completely shut down because crews just can't keep up with the falling snow and, and the drifting. So Sunday, windy, wind chills early on, minus 18 around Hamilton uh, and just some flurries. But uh, a much different story as you get into those snow bands. How difficult was this storm to figure out because there were so many different elements to it? Yeah, it definitely was a tough one. And I think on a communication standpoint it was the toughest because of that multiple facets the flash freeze the wind the snow uh, all coming at pretty much the busiest travel period of the year so just trying to communicate those different risks and timing has been a challenge and the meteorology of it which i'm fascinated by the fact that yesterday this was just a weak low pressure area and by the end of today it will be this bomb cyclone sitting over over the ontario quebec border and the amount of people that will be impacted is just incredible with the arctic air and and those winds of course Two words that should never be beside each other, bomb, cyclone, but we'll try to to fight through it. Anthony, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us today, and stay safe as well. Same to you. Take care. Anthony Farnell is the chief meteorologist with Global News. All schools are closed today. There are a number of other closures and cancellations. You can find all of them on our website at 900chml.com, and that includes... Uh, hundreds of thousands of flights from coast to coast. WestJet canceling all flights across Canada. Swoop canceling flights in and out of Hamilton's airport. Check with your airline if you are were planning to get on a plane today. That's probably not going to happen. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. All week long, we've been looking back at the year that was in entertainment and sports, business, politics. Let's have a look back at the year that was here in Hamilton. Hamilton. And helping us out with that is the mayor of Hamilton, Andrea Horvath, who joins us once again on Good Morning Hamilton. Andrea, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Rick. I'm doing very well because I'm inside and I'm warm and I'm not driving. Yeah. How are you today? I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm the same. I'm I'm dreading later on today when I do have to go home, but uh, we'll deal with that when that happens. Uh, the, the wild winter storm is here. We chatted with Peter Sneolis, the city's manager of roadway maintenance, uh, on Good Morning Hamilton yesterday, and he said, staff's ready to go. They're tackling this uh, all, with all force. Uh, what's your message to Hamiltonians today? I think it reflects uh, what what you uh, just said and what your team has said, which is if you don't have to be outdoors, don't be outdoors. Uh, you know, remember that it's going to be a treacherous day. Stay safe, which means stay inside, and know that um, the city. And I did get a notification early this morning that uh, the city is ready. They're ready. They're at all the mountain accesses. They've got all the equipment uh, ready to go. So we'll be doing our work to uh, do our best to tackle that storm. Uh, but uh, it really helps when people. Uh, you know, try to do their best to, to stay home and stay safe and not take risks. 
We do know some people use the HSR to get to work, and uh, the HSR tweeting out earlier this morning that uh, be prepared to experience some delays. They're doing your best to get those individuals to where they need to go. So if you have to go to work and you rely on the HSR, uh, pack your patience. Uh, let's get to some of the hot topics in Hamilton, and uh, maybe one that's going to grow in uh, in heatness, if you will, is the budget deliberations. We know that they're going to um, happen in full force in 2023. There's many pressures at play here, and that is putting a lot of pressure on the tax rate for next year. What's your best guess on how this is all going to play out? Well, uh, uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, my best guess is that we're going to do our darndest to uh, to keep the uh, tax uh, increase as minimal as possible. But there are a lot of pressures, as as you know. And, and but we're also cognizant of the fact that families and and uh, businesses are facing a lot of pressures as well. It's really quite a a financial storm out there, if you will. Uh, we we know that at this point, just at the you know first blush, uh, it's a little over five percent. Five point four is what the uh, property tax increase looks like without any decisions having been made. So that's just the the kind of the first go. Uh, we start early in the new year, uh, and it's um it's it's going to have to we're going to have to grapple with pressures like, for example, uh, COVID nineteen recovery and response, which. The provincial government, of course, has started to withdraw uh, support in that regard, and but yet there are still needs that haven't been met. Uh, and you know, kind of following on that, we've seen what COVID nineteen COVID nineteen did to uh, to the supply chains. Well, that's going to affect our municipal goods and services as well, and their costs. Uh, inflation is also going to affect, as it is every family, this city as well. Uh, so those are kind of some of the COVID and current economic headwinds that we're facing. And there are a number of other things as well. I mean, I could I could do a list if you like. Uh, I don't <laughs> know that people like those lists. People's eyes roll back. But, but there are some really important things that we're grappling with, including addressing some of the infrastructure de- deficits that people have identified uh, that are, are really concerning, not only in water and wastewater, obviously, but also our roads and, and those kinds of things, our other are there assets? You mentioned right now council staring at a budget increase of 5.4% without doing anything. Is is the goal to get to a specific number? You know, I uh, I don't like to put those straw dogs out there. There might be some councillor that decides to do that in the process, but this really is going to be a, a, a real fine-tooth comb process. And by putting out an expectation one way or the other, uh, I think it creates... Um, it creates undue pressure. I think we all feel the pressure already, all of the councillors. And, of course, let's not forget, it's a brand-new council, many of whom have never been through this kind of process before. Uh, and so it, it, what I'm hoping for, Rick, is that we have, you know, a straight-up uh, discussion, debate, prioritization about where we think, uh, where we've heard that Hamiltonians, Hamiltonians want us uh, to prioritize uh, and then do our best to, uh, to you know, fulfill that uh, in the most, economically, uh, you know, responsible way possible uh, so that we don't, um, uh, we don't overly undo, uh, I- increase the taxes. But having said that, you know, I think that um, the other second piece of that, so those are the practical pieces, what we, what we want to do is, is have a debate that's, um, that's, that's collegial. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to get into a, it's going to be a tough budget conversation. These are very difficult decisions, lots of uh, competing pressures. But what we want to do as a brand new council is come at, to the other side of that process, um, you know, still with a lot of respect and a lot of uh, a positive uh, uh, behavior and a lot of, um, you know, willingness to listen and to uh, to respect each other and to respect the staff. We, we don't want to 
allows this very tense moment to kind of take us off course and, and end up um, hurting our uh, our credibility, but also our ability uh, to work together as a council to serve the people of Hamilton. Ms. Horvath, let's focus on the housing crisis. The affordability of homes in Hamilton is, well, they're unaffordable, really, for many. Will we see some relief soon? Well, we're certainly working very hard to uh, to take all of the resources that we've been putting uh, towards the housing crisis in a kind of patchwork way and being much more focused and coordinated. And so very recently, uh, er- earlier in December, there's a housing um, uh, you know, roadmap, basically, that was developed uh, that, that takes the resources and says, here are the priorities and here's how we're going to address them. Uh, the council approved that strategy. And, and yeah, you're right, it's gotten worse and worse. And it's almost doubled, in fact, just over the last couple of years, the amount of money it takes, the annual income it takes to afford a one-bedroom unit. Uh, unit. Back in 2016, you had to make about 25600 to be able to afford an average one-bedroom unit in our city. Uh, 2021, just last year, it went up to 48000 in annual income. So that's almost double for the same one-bedroom unit. We've lost significant numbers of uh, thousands and thousands of affordable rental units, uh, and people are having a hard time uh, overall with uh, with not only rental, but of course the uh, affordability of purchasing homes. And so there are lots of pressures there. Council's very well aware of it. And uh, we also see, and of course, when you look at days like today, uh, we know that there are people who are unhoused in our communities. And we need to make sure that uh, we don't see the tragedies that we've seen in the past in terms of people losing their lives to exposure. So uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for the work that's being done in community, uh, particularly with the uh, Out of the Cold programs, which are all geared up and, uh, and you know, pr- providing services to people uh, in situations like today. But we need to do better. We need to find ways. And, and we do have, as I said, some plans to do exactly that. And I think it's important for people to know we have been making significant investments. Over the last number of years, we have been doing that. The issue becomes, are those investments uh, meeting our goals uh, or are they, are they kind of reactionary investments? And so this is why there's this, uh, this housing roadmap that's been developed and uh, council is in support and we're going to really work hard. Hopefully by the second quarter of this year, uh, we'll be able to you know, put some um, details in place and start moving on some of these plans. Still with housing, a big part of it, and it's affecting us here in Hamilton, is the chewing up of the Greenbelt lands. And I've gone on the record yeah. of, as being against this, at least not right now. It's not the time to chew up these Greenbelt lands and build homes. We have plenty of spaces within the city boundary to build, build up if you want. Do you want the urban boundary to expand soon, or are you directing developers to say, hey, let's target these infill spaces first? Oh, I, I think the development community knew, community knows very well uh, that uh, I am not in favor of greenbelt uh, uh, encroachment. I don't believe that we need to be, build, be building in the greenbelt. I also think that we have to be very, very careful about the urban boundary. And although the provincial government has decided that our city's decision on urban boundary expansion uh, was was not adequate, and they've uh, you know, they brought down the hammer on that, and so now we have all these what they call white belt lands uh, that are now part of our urban boundary. Even those developments need to be uh, need to be slowed down. We right now apparently we have approximately thirty four thousand units of housing sitting on our books that are ready to be developed in the I guess you would call it the old urban boundary that the provincial government just blew out of the water. That's thirty four thousand units that could be developed 
uh, within the old urban boundary. Uh, that's 11 and a half years of housing. So there you go. There's an answer to your question in terms of timeline. We've got at least 10 years, if not more, of, uh, of avoiding any kind of urban boundary expansion. Uh, but, uh, of course, we want to see that be uh, further extended through the new tools and the new um, uh, decisions that were made around, uh, around intensification, as you talked about, about building up uh, around uh, the dental density pieces. So we have lots of opportunity to not only you know, save our, our green belt, but what does that mean? That means saving not only for this generation, but for generations to come, our ability to grow our own food. And we've seen uh, agricultural um, communities, uh, farming families, uh, you know, activists, uh, uh, environmentalists, uh, really come to the fore to say, let's not make this mistake. Because once that land is gone, it's gone forever, and it's gone for, for you know, for, for future generations. We're, we're taking the, uh, the, the few food sovereignty, if you will, uh, away from our, our next generations. And that's, that's highly irresponsible. We only got about 30 seconds. I want to ask you, is there a challenge or an opportunity in 2023 that you're really looking forward to tackling? Uh, well, I think so. we've talked about them already. Housing is a big one. Uh, opportunities, though, I, mean, I, I do think it's really great to see the investment that's coming to Hamilton, uh, both in terms of housing and otherwise. We really need to continue to grow our economy, bring good green jobs to Hamilton, well-paying jobs so people can afford to live here, and we can keep the brightest minds that are going through our, our uh, institutions, MAC and Mohawk and Redeemer, keep them here uh, to continue to help us uh, build our great city. Mayor Horvath, I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all the best uh, during the holiday season, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Thanks so much, Rick. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, all the best of the holiday season, and, and Happy New Year. It'll be a great 2023. Thank you very much. Andrea Horvath, the Mayor of the City of Hamilton, joining us here. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Welcome back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin waking you up on another fantastic day here in the City of Hamilton. You can listen to us in podcast form. Check us out on your favorite podcast platform by searching out Good Morning Hamilton. Hit that follow button button so you never miss an episode well ever since the hamilton tiger cats traded for the exclusive negotiating rights to one Bo levi mitchell tie cats fans have been wondering is mitchell going to be a tie cat in 2023 now a deal still has to be consummated but at least the tie cats have a negotiating window until free agency opens in february but do they have a legitimate leg up on the competition Joining us now to discuss this is Ryan Ballantyne, a writer at 3downnation.com, host of the Horseman Radio podcast, and he covers the Calgary Stampeders and has been doing so since 2008. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks so much for having me. You've written an article in uh, 3 Down Nation, uh, the headline, Ranking the 10 Possible CFL Destinations for Pending Free Agent Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, you have all nine teams plus another that we'll get to in a couple of minutes. But let's start at the bottom of this list and the three, uh, I guess, least likeliest destinations for Mitchell, according to your list, is Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton. Talk about those three teams. Well, obviously, you have Zach Caleros. Uh, he's under contract for a couple more years. He's got a guaranteed contract. Uh, which uh, is is now something you can do in the CFL, where guys can get guaranteed money where they couldn't before. Um, Caleros has has been the cat's pajamas for the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, um, and has done everything they want him to do. So there's no need for them to move on 
from Caleros in Winnipeg. Obviously, Calgary has just uh, supplanted Bo Levi Mitchell, so it would be very weird for him to come back here, um, considering he said he wants to still be a starter, and that's not the path that would exist for him here in Calgary. And as far as Edmonton goes, I just think it's the least attractive of any of the CFL markets for a free agent to go, given how bad they've been the last couple of years. It's just not, it wouldn't be a good situation. And I can't imagine that that Bo would uproot his family from Calgary and and move out uh, to Edmonton and and the the uncertainty that that would provide. Uh, Anyone listening to this uh, will think, well, wait a minute, 10 possible CFL destinations. I thought there were only nine teams in the CFL and, and you would be right in thinking that, but you do have a 10th option, which lands at number seven on your list. With TSN, of Bo Levi Mitchell has been on the network the last three seasons covering the team or covering the league outside of the playoffs when the Stampeders were eliminated. He did a very good job. He will be a voice going forward that they would consider. He's talked about possibly wanting to coach in the future, but the allure of that TV money in a, a good market like Toronto where he can go out and make a decent amount of money not getting hit, not getting sacked, not having people question his decision-making, all of the the things that come with just being able to do that for other people. Uh, I think TSN would be a more real possibility than any of the three teams we've talked about so far. We are uh, looking at the 10 potential CFL destinations for pending free agent quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell. Ticats do have his exclusive negotiating rights up until at least the start of free agency in February. And we know that Bo Levi has said that he does want to test free agency. There is a middle of the pack in this uh, list, and that is the BC Lions at four, Ottawa at five, Montreal at six. Uh, Things have to happen for Mitchell to end up with one of those teams. Yeah, you've got Ottawa. They have Jeremiah Masoli under contract, although he doesn't have guaranteed money. Uh, In the BC situation, uh, you're looking at Nathan Rourke and will he sign in the NFL? If Rourke does sign in the NFL, they're going to need a quarterback. Um, And then also taking a look at Montreal, they have Trevor Harris there. Harris is a a free agent himself. You know, they just brought in Jason Moss. Jason Moss, probably not the right head coach for Bo Levi Mitchell to come in. Either of of Ottawa or BC would be two better places for him to land if they decided to move on from the quarterbacks they currently have. Rounding out the top three of this uh, list of 10 potential CFL destinations for Bo Levi Mitchell, Saskatchewan at three, Toronto at two, and Hamilton at number one. Uh, just thoughts on those three teams as they, they seem to be the top three in this chase. Yeah, Saskatchewan has long been rumored as a spot that Bo would like to go. He did talk about wanting to play in a market where football matters, and there's not a market where football matters more Then in the city of Regina, the fans are super passionate. He'll get that support wherever he goes. I think Bo would look at Saskatchewan as a spot to go where he could play for a year and and come out and and really kind of stick it to the Stampeders. Uh, When you look at Toronto, there's a lot of familiarity there uh, with the coaching staff, both Ryan Dinwiddie and Corey Mace on the offensive and defensive side of the balls came from Calgary. And then you've also got a lot of teammates that he used to pass the ball to. And Devaris Daniels, Eric Rogers, if he decides to come back, Juwan Breskison is there as a receiver as well. So the chemistry with his receiving core would probably be a lot faster. They are the reigning Grey Cup champions. And there is a lot of talk within CFL circles that McLeod Bethel Thompson, the Argos quarterback, may be thinking about retirement. His wife, 
is a big wig at Disney. She's running the new show Ironheart for Marvel Studios. And uh, that happens in Los Angeles where she makes her living and, and spends most of her time. And, and so does McLeod Bethel Thompson want to ride out on, into the sunset with a Grey Cup championship and leave at the top of his game. And then, of course, we get to Hamilton, which I'm sure most of your listeners are waiting to hear me dissect. Um, you know, we, we all know that Hamilton did not have a great year last year. Uh, they got very inconsistent play from both Dane Evans and Matthew Schultz when either one of them was under center. And Mitchell might offer that calming presence with a Grey Cup at home this year for the Ticats. They kind of need to go all in. We saw what happened with Saskatchewan last year. They missed the playoffs in a year where they were hosting the Grey Cup, and their fans really took them to task. And I can't imagine that Ticat fans wouldn't do the same if they weren't able to make a serious threat and a serious run at playing in the Grey Cup next season. Sounds like the offseason and the Bo Levi Mitchell saga is going to be almost as entertaining as what the 2023 upcoming season offers wherever he lands. That'll certainly be an entertaining season for that fan base. Ryan, really appreciate your insight and analysis on this. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, an absolute pleasure. Happy to come back anytime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Santa is an experienced traveler around the globe, and this storm is not going to stop him from arriving in Hamilton and Burlington and Niagara and every other place on the planet. So if you have a little one listening right now, be rest assured that Santa Claus will be by your house. To that end, we know that Santa Claus is coming to town. Are you on the naughty list? Are you on the nice list? Well, let's find out. Santa and Mrs. Claus themselves joining us now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Mr. and Mrs. Claus, good morning. Ho, 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 ho. Hello, Rick. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you two? Oh, we're so excited. This weather just makes us so happy because we know we're going to come through for the kids. Oh, yes. The sleigh can just glide through the snow. No problem. Santa, are you ready for the big day? What's going through your mind right now? Oh, we've been ready for a long time, Rick. We've packed the presents now. The sleigh and the elves are just loading up. And uh, everything isn't quite ready to go because we still have children changing their minds and we're throwing in a few extra presents. <laughs> but other than that, we're ready to go. Mrs. And I have to get Santa all fed up so he's, his belly is full and nice and warm. And he's got to take a nap because, you know, tomorrow night is going to be very, very busy. Absolutely. There's a lot of places to visit. Now, level with me, Mrs. Claus. What is Santa like leading up to Christmas and Christmas Eve? Is he <laughs> is he excited and jolly or is he a little anxious and nervous? Well, a little bit of both. He, I mean, he is the happiest guy I know. So he's always jolly, but... 
boy, he's got everybody running around making sure everything is tickety-boo and, and in place and the sleigh is done and the toys are wrapped and, oh, we're all hopping for him, I tell you. <laughs> <Santa, laughs> but he's, he does it with a smile. Absolutely. Santa, what's the best part of being Chris Kringle? Oh, the- Absolutely seeing the looks on the children's face, the big smiles, the total surprise of them opening up a Santa gift and the pre pre uh, launch because they're sitting on my lap and they're telling me what they want. And to just to see the innocence and uh, hope and excitement, that is the best part. We are speaking with Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin waking you up on a Friday and a stormy Friday morning in the city. You two also visit children virtually to spread some Christmas cheer, and you do it for charity as well. Tell us about that. Well, uh, thank you for asking about this because it's dear, near and dear to our hearts. We have done so many calls with children actually it started local, but we're even doing Australia, so it's really spread quite quite extensively. And for every phone call, people donate money to us, and today is the day we tally it all up and donate it to the Good Shepherd. So we've done virtual Santa. This is our third year, and we look forward to doing it again next year. And we do it through our website, santaforcharity.com. So we posted lots of lots of pictures and videos and and things and and testimonials on that website and you know check it out put it into your calendar for next year santa's done his phone calls now because he's everything is done but next year we're going to do it again and it just warms our heart that so many people want to help us with the charity that is amazing. That website again, Santa, the number four charity.com, Santa for charity.com. Santa, our younger listeners here in Hamilton and Burlington and Niagara want to know, are they all on the nice list or are they on the naughty list as well? <laughs> all my children have done a good job this year of staying on the nice list. That's why Santa makes some of those calls just to guide them to make sure there's so many Santa helpers helping me keep the kids on the nice list. The naughty list is adding up with the older people. That would be the parents. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well, we'll try our best to get back on the nice list. That is for sure. Santa and Mrs. Claus, thank you very much for joining me again. Have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Rick. There you go. Santa and Mrs. Claus. Again, they're uh, helping out charity as well. Good Shepherd Hamilton. Santa for charity. That's the number four. Santa for charity dot com. And all the money goes to Good Shepherd. That is pretty darn cool. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Back by popular demand. More funny letters the children have sent to Santa Claus. We did this on earlier on this week. I got a few emails saying, hey, you got to do this again. You got to read more of these funny letters. And these are real life kids writing letters to Santa Claus, including this one from Emily. Who writes, Dear Santa, I don't want all the other nine things on the list I sent to my father, and in brackets, dad. I only want the puppy. Every time I think about not getting a puppy, it makes me sadder and sadder. And she's got a sad face there. I just want the little puppy. Just one 
All I'm asking for is one little puppy. Perhaps a Labrador German the something or a husky. <laughs> so one of those one of those dogs. Thank you. If I discover a puppy in a box under the tree and she's drawn a picture of a puppy with the words woo emanating from its mouth. That's a great one. Love Emily. Great letter, Emily. I'm sure Santa is going to bring you that puppy. Uh, This letter from a child to Santa Claus. Dear Santa, please leave before 6 a.m. My alarm goes off at 6. P.S. My stocking is on the left. (laughs) It's always great to have directions because then Santa knows. All right, this is the stocking. I got to stuff with some good stuff. Uh, Here's a letter to Santa Claus from a child named Chris. Dear Santa Claus, and Claus is spelled C-L-A-W-S. I'm so sorry of what I did in the past, and thank you for the Christmas letter. I love it. But what I want for Christmas this year is $5.3 billion. (laughs) Please write another letter this year. I love you, your friend from Chris. That's pretty specific. Not $5 billion even, 5.3. That's great. This one is from Mitch. Dear Santa Claus, and it's <laughs> C-L-A-U-S-E, like the clause. Uh, it's Claire. Oh, this is from Claire. It's Claire again, but I'm writing for my nine-year-old brother named Mitch. He wants a binder. Binder hole puncher, and in brackets she writes, I want a hole puncher too, and a skateboard, but don't give him the skateboard. Mitch is very kind-hearted, but he has a bad temper. He also writes messy and doesn't like to read. By Mitch, and she has by as in B-Y-E, by Mitch. P.S. This is not his sign, and I think she meant to write signature. These are great. Letters that kids write to Santa Claus. Here's another one from Alicia. Not Alicia, our our studio producer. This is a different Alicia. I'm, I'm hoping it is. Dear Santa, I wanted to tell you I am fine. Well, this is encouraging. Uh, I don't know, but if you can possibly make it so I can turn into a dragon, please, or a pet dragon, either one will do, though I would like it if you can make me turn into a dragon. Got some heart emojis, some smiley face emojis. P.S. Have a happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) That is pretty good. All right, what else do we got here? Uh, Funny letters from kids to Santa Claus. Uh, This one is from Joyly, I think. Uh, Dear Santa, are you real? I think you are. How are you? I help. I hope you're fine. You don't need to give me presents because my dad is going to give me some presents. I don't think it is nice to call you big, jolly, fat, but you are. (laughs) That's good. That is good. What else do we got here? Funny letters that kids write to Santa Claus. Uh, This one is, I'm not sure we got time. That's a a long one. Uh, Let's scroll down to this one here. All right. This is from Jordan. Uh, Dear King of the North, hey, he's getting creative. I wish for my boat to work. Right now, I just have a non-operational boat sitting in my yard. He's he's drawn a boat and then with an arrow, my boat. It looks rather stationary. That's that's no fun. Santa, please fix Jordan's boat. Uh, And here's a final one from Olivia. 
who says, I don't care what you give me this year, but I will be happy. What is your favorite cookie? And what are your least favorite cookies? Do you have a beard all year? How much do you weigh? How much or how many elves do you have? When you poop, <laughs> is your poop the color of holiday candies? <laughs> how many pairs of underwear do you have? Love, Olivia. Olivia, I think you're missing the point on, <laughs> on this one. I'm not sure Santa's poop is rainbow or candy cane colored. Ah, some pretty good stuff from kids out there in sending their letters into Santa. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 5.30 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.